Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back in the book of Second uh, Kings. We're uh, at chapter 11 and 12, and as McGee says, we're in another bloody section of Second uh, Kings. So remember uh, last time we just had um, the, the evil uh, Jezebel put to death, and um, so King Jen... Jehu gets rid of Jezebel, and then Jehu gets rid of the house of Ahab, and Jehu gets rid of the house of Baal. He's cleaning house. but So we have Jezebel dead now, but sort of Jezebel still, her legacy continues because her daughter, quite possibly her daughter, is Athaliah. Um, she was the mother of King Isaiah that uh, Jehu had killed. When she saw, verse 1, her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal family. So Athaliah is still ruthless like her mother Jezebel. She wanted to destroy all the royal family so there wouldn't be any descendants, so she would just remain queen. There would be no king over her. Isn't that cold-blooded and ruthless? And she's killing all of the descendants. So, I mean, these are her relatives. But uh, Josheba, who's the daughter of King Joram's sister of Isaiah, in other words, this is the sister of the dead king, um, took Joash, son of Isaiah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were being put to death. And she put him and his nurse in a bedroom. So look at the courage of Josheba. She's risking her own life to save Joash, who is in the line of the royal family. And this is the line of David, as um, McGee points out. This is uh, a remnant of the line of David. Look at the courage of the nurse. We don't even know her name, that she's risking her life to take care of uh, Joash as well. So, and my study Bible says, in contrast to all the spineless leaders that are are leading the nation. So, a lot of times you have the women who have the backbone 
and a lot of the men are the spineless people. So in any event, she takes Joash away, and she put him and his nurse in a bedroom, and they hid him thus from Athaliah so that he was not put to death. It's almost like Moses was being hid too, huh? So he remained with her six years hidden in the house of the Lord while Athaliah reigned over the land. Okay, so they were probably getting tired of Athaliah by now. The, 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 uh, the nation had no king. And could you imagine? The nation is saying to themselves, there's nobody left in the line of David except for this woman. They probably felt the kingdom was, had come to an end. Verse 4, but in the seventh year, um, this priest... Jehodiah sent and brought the captains of the, the carrots and of the guards and had them come in to the house of the Lord, and he made a covenant with them. He's probably, you know, a solemn oath, and he put them under oath in the house of the Lord, and he showed them the king's son, like the kingdom still has an heir to the line of David. And he's saying to them, this is the thing that you shall do. One third of you those come off duty on the Sabbath and guard the king's house, and another third being at the gate of Sir, and a third being at the gate behind the guards, shall guard the palace. And the two divisions of you, which come in on duty in force on the Sabbath and guard the house of the Lord on behalf of the king, shall surround the king, each with his weapons in his hands. All right? We are going to protect this. He is the last descendant of the house of David, the rightful heir to the throne. Okay? And now we drop down to verse 11. So the guards stood, every man with his weapons in his hand, from the south side of the house to the north side of the house. Everybody's there. The people who are coming off duty, the people who are on duty, they brought out the king's son and put the crown on him and gave the, him the testimony, and they proclaimed him king, anointed him, and they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. He's anointed king now. This young Joash. And when Athaliah heard the noise of the guard and of the people, she went in the house of the Lord to the people like, What's going on? And then she looked, and there was the king, standing by the pillar according to the custom, and the captains and the trumpeters beside the king and all the people of the land rejoicing and blowing the trumpets. She knew that she thought she had won. And as McGee said, Satan thought he had won too because he was probably using her to do his will to destroy the line of David. But no, God working through Jehodiah and Josheba saved Joash along with his nurse. And there he is, grown up. More, you know, he's in his seventh year, he's just been anointed king. She's just been exposed. She knows that they hid him from her. She knows that he's the descendant, and he's already been anointed. And she is now the threat. So Athaliah tore her clothes and cried, treason, treason. So like she didn't have anything else to say. She was the one that committed treason. She's condemning herself. 
But this is the only thing that she could say was treason against her. Then Jehodiah the priest commanded the captains who were set over the army, bring her out between the ranks and put her to death with the sword anyone put her to death with the sword anyone who follows her. So in in other words, put her to death and anybody who's connected with her, put them to death too. For the priest said, let not let her not be put to death in the house of the Lord. So they laid hands on her. In other words, they grabbed her, and then they took her out through the horse's entrance to the king's house, and there she was put to death. A woman like this probably never went out through the horse's entrance. So she was humiliated. And Jedhodiah made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they should be the Lord's people and between the king and the people. And then all the people of the land went to the house of Baal, tore it down, his altars, his images. They broke it in pieces. They killed Matan, the, the, the priest of Baal, before the altars. The priest posted watchmen over the house of the Lord, and he took the captains, the guards, and they brought the king down from the house of the Lord, marching through the gate. And he took his seat on his throne. And all the people of the land rejoiced. The city was quiet after Athaliah had been put to death with the sword at the king's house. So finally, we have a king back on the throne. And Joash was seven years old when he began to reign. Okay, so. Now, my study Bible says his name Joash, but they also call him Jehoash. But I'm going to... I'm going to just keep referring to him as Joash because it's easier for me to pronounce. So um, he reigned 40 years. This is now chapter 12. And his mother's name was Ziba of Beersheba. And Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all his days because Jehodiah instructed him, the priest. So a return. We have a good king now on the throne in that land of Judah, which is great. And one thing that Joash did was he tried to repair the temple. So he said to the priest, down in verse 4, All the money of the holy things that is brought to the house of the Lord, um, you know, let the priest take this money, each from his donor, and let them repair the house. Whatever any need of repairs is discovered. Okay? But by the 23rd year of the king, the priest had made no repairs on the house. Verse 7, Therefore King Joash summoned Jedodiah, the priest and the other priests, and said to them, Why are you not repairing this house? They were probably just taking the money for themselves. Now therefore take no more money from your donors, but hand it over for repair of the house. So the priests agreed that they should take no more money from the people, and then they should not repair the house. And so then what happened is Joash, uh, so Joash has Jedodiah, took a chest and bored the ho- a hole in the lid of it and set it beside the altar. And the priest guarded the threshold and, and put in it all the money that was brought into the house of the Lord. So when people brought money, they would stick it in this money chest. So they wouldn't take the money. The money was put up on the altar. And uh, so that's the offering that was collected then was taken and that were given to the builders to make repairs. So they had masons and stone cutters and timber and all this stuff. So 
everything it belonged in the house of the Lord. So then verse 17, we drop down a little bit. Uh, so Joash makes a lot of repairs to the house of the Lord, which is great. And verse 17, at that time, the king of Syria, Hazel, was setting his face to go against Jerusalem. So um, again, Syria is coming in and sort of invading the northern kingdom. And now he's getting even closer to Jerusalem. So you can see that the kingdom is being split because while good king Joash is king in Jerusalem in the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom's just kind of, you know, going downhill more and more. They'll, they're bell worshiping all the way. They're, they're just, you know, they're not good. And so um, we might have gotten, you know, in previous chapters, um, uh, Jinnu, King Jinnu is trying to get rid of the house of Baal. Jinnu reigns in the northern kingdom, but he doesn't get rid of the calf worship. And, you know, the people are still not, their hearts are not for God. So, in any event, um, king of Syria is now coming in. He sees the northern kingdom of Israel is weak. He's trying to reclaim land and stuff that was lost maybe from David. Uh, so, he comes in. But what does Joash do? He's trying to buy the southern kingdom some time, some breathing room. So, he sends his own sacred gifts, gifts from previous kings like Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Isaiah, his fathers, the gold. And he sends gifts and all the gold that was found in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house, and he sent those to Hazel, king of Syria, and then Hazel went away from Jerusalem. So he buys him off, but he saves Jerusalem. Now, the rest of the acts of Joash and all that he did are not written in the books of the Chronicles. His servants arose and made a conspiracy and struck Joash down in the house of Milo on the way that goes to Silah. And they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. And Amaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Now, Amaziah is supposed to be a good king coming up too, but why did they kill him? Maybe it was because they thought he was a weak king because they, you know, he gave away the treasury. Maybe so. But in any event, um, he saved Jerusalem. He probably realized they didn't have the army to fight and win. But in any event, he gets murdered, a good king. So we're going to stop here. We'll, turn the re- we'll uh, continue our podcast tomorrow as we continue our study through Second Kings. And as always, for me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you here next time. And our, as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. And also for Matali as she's traveling and Audrey with her. We'll see you here next time.